0: Welcome back to AHP. Thank you for joining me. I do appreciate it. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Aaron Marty from Shooting Stuff Australia. Now, a lot of you guys know uh, it's been a bit of a hard time recently for YouTubers. Now, what I mean by that, a lot of us actually watch YouTube. Uh, you might make videos for YouTube, but there's been a concerted effort by YouTube to actually shut down or give strikes and demonetize uh, a lot of the shooting channels, not only from Australia. Uh, but everywhere overseas. Even a couple of weeks ago, YouTube changed its terms of service. And we also noticed probably about three weeks ago, there was a number of air gun channels that actually got shut down permanently. And we're talking channels that have subscribers in the 2, 3, 4, 500,000 member subscriber range. It's just absolutely crazy what's happening with YouTube i've been talking about this for a while that google facebook own quite a lot uh, of the market especially on social media and that's a bit of a problem and it seems the leftards are really are taking control of the internet which is quite concerning and should be quite concerning not only to people that are in the firearms industry but other industries what is youtube going to take tackle next they're already tackling the gun channels Uh, it could be something as simple i mean i even heard just a couple of weeks ago uh, a lot of you guys watch uh, demolition ranch matt from demolition ranch i mean he's Videos for Vet Ranch. If you didn't know, he actually is ha- a vet, and he had a he has a veterinary channel as well called Vet Ranch, and a lot of those. Videos were demonetized. I mean, showing about how to, you know, work on animals. I mean, what is YouTube doing? It's just absolutely crazy. And this is something we need to stop. Even though this is the problem, it is a private company. They can do whatever they like. And this is the problem. YouTube is the biggest, which should be quite concerning for people of free speech, quite concerning for people that uh, are actually dictating what people can look at. And, And they shouldn't hold such a large, large stake in the market. I do find that concerning. So today we're going to be bringing on just a few moments, uh, Aaron and Marty from Shooting Stuff Australia, we're going to talk to them about it. Uh, We're also going to bring several YouTubers from Australia and also overseas as well over a bit of a series to find out different opinions on uh, what they're going to do. Are they going to go to a different service? Are they just going to put up with it? Are they going to try and talk to and tackle YouTube? Uh, What are they going to do? Are they going to change the content of their videos? Uh, make them, I guess, a bit more, you know, quote unquote, YouTube friendly. So that is what we're going to find out today. All right, on the line, I've got Aaron and Marty from Shooting Stuff Australia to uh, have a chat to us about what's happening with YouTube, you know, the gun bans, what they've been through, you know, whether, you know, what are the future holds, I guess, for YouTubers in the shooting community, not only here, but obviously in Australia and overseas. Uh, Aaron, first off, people might not know who you guys are. So tell us, you know, when you got into making videos on YouTube and why. And and what the reason was that for?
1: Well, we started about two and a half years ago. We just uh, met Marty down at the range, and we got to talking with the same sort of pistols. And then I invited him out to a farm. We just started shooting and blowing stuff up. We thought, why don't we give this YouTube thing a go? There's nothing really coming out of Australia that's fun and interesting and exciting, and doing what we like doing. And we just we both love destroying things. So we thought, let's just have a go. And we got got a camera and yeah sort of snowballed from there but uh, we don't take ourselves seriously. we try and just have fun and uh, we're not really interested in politics or any other side of stuff just here to show the fun side of shooting
0: marty what do you think of you guys or what do you now think of obviously youtube when you started to what you think about them now after all this stuff's been happening you know these gun channel bans uh, monetize people taking monetization off you now all the rules have changed about how many views and how many subscribers you've got to have to get monetization it just seems not only for all youtubers but i guess shooting channels they're trying to demonetize a lot of videos and not pay out a lot more money so what do you think of youtube in general
2: um well I- I think the thing with YouTube is it's based out of Silicon Valley, um, which is obviously a very left-leaning part of um, of America, um, and and much like um, your other social media platforms like your Facebook, it's largely run by by sort of left-wing people. So uh, things like guns, um, obviously being a hot topic um, in the states right now, um, you know they're trying to be. I think they're being just basically anti gun just because it's popular at the moment to be anti gun. Um, and like, I mean, it, it started before, um, like the Parkland shooting in the States, we had, they demonetized us probably about four or five months ago. Um, and, and said that we weren't, um, we didn't have the correct amount of subscribers or content, but when I looked at those numbers, we far exceeded their minimum requirements. They just demonetized us because we're a firearms channel. Um, but not that we're really that concerned. I mean, in the time we've been running, but we make less than a dollar a day out of um, out of YouTube. I think it's it's somewhere around three dollars a week or something like that we make out of it. So it's not really that big a deal, the money side of things. Um, it's when they have decided to start attacking um, gun channels and taking down gun channels. Um, I see as a huge pain in the ass. I mean, they are a privately owned. Um, company, so they're under no obligation to post content, but it just really sucks that they're going after, you know, gun channels and and, and not just gun stuff, like they they seem to take down a lot of uh, content posted by, um, you know, conservatives and and the more right-wing sort of side of politics as well. Um, So it's a bit of an attack on free speech, but um, playing devil's advocate a little bit. It is a private company. They're not a platform for free speech. It's up to them what gets posted, so there is that side of it to remember as well. It's a privately owned company, and there are other platforms out there now um, that are offering, um, you know, a place for um, gun enthusiasts to post their videos up as well. So we're just end up going to end up moving sideways into one of those platforms when YouTube does eventually take our channel down. We've sort of just uh, come to terms with the fact that it's not a matter of if we get taken down, it'll it'll be when. Um, and, and when that does happen, um, you know, we've, we've got other platforms to post on. We've started uploading to them now. Um, so our whole back catalogue and any new videos going forward will be on across a number of platforms just to cover that base.
0: When did you guys, did you guys get demonetized for all, value, uh, all videos, I should say?
2: Yes, essentially. Um, they sent us an email saying we're demonetizing your entire channel um, because you don't have Um, you need a minimum of 4,000 subscribers and I think we're currently around 6,000 so we exceeded that minimum requirement and the other was um, that we hadn't had 400,000 views but when we checked our view count we're up to nearly a million views so that one's one's also crap they've just demonetised us because we're a gun channel
0: this is the problem, guys. What, what, what are we going to? What, what other options are there? I guess Aaron. Hopefully, you know, you, you know this question. Um, what What other options are there in regards to actually YouTube style channels? I mean, there's not really many out there that people actually go to. I think one we we're talking about the other night was Daily Motion, or one of those.
1: Yeah, we just started our Daily Motion up today. Actually, this morning, we finally downloaded everything, uploaded everything to Daily Motion. It's the from what I can uh, pick out. It's the second biggest. Streaming platform like YouTube in the world it's huge in Europe, uh, and it's pretty much the competitor to you to YouTube. And you can monetize your videos, so you make an income out of it, just like YouTube, but not as well known. But it is um, it's actually just as big in uh, Europe than what YouTube is. There's also um, Full 30, but that's once again the infrastructure you need to to run these streaming services is massive and costs a fortune. The guys at Full 30 uh were saying that they've had they're going to have to start hiring at least ten more moderators when they open it up to uh, the public to join Full Thirty because they're held responsible for the content that's there. So any complaints have to be addressed instantly because they can probably get in trouble if there's like illegal activities happening on it. So it's just the whole expense, they, they they went to what Pornhub, a couple of channels did, but they stopped. Pornhub shut those down, but Pornhub's the biggest uh, streaming service in the world. They get like three three times more traffic than YouTube, so they've got the infrastructure there to host all these videos from around the world. So if they broke off and set up a um, a side business and it to YouTube, they would uh, they'd be on a winning form formula for that which uh, I don't understand why they don't, but I guess they make too much money out of porn to worry about anything else.
0: <laughs> hey, Marty, I, I guess know. I was just noticing you, obviously you do a fair bit of the editing and stuff like that and the uploads. What's it like when you actually got to upload and which may get to what it might get to one day is, you know, you might have to be uploading, you know, your videos to, you know, three, four, five different services.
2: Um, it's, not, it's not that bad. Like, I mean, it's um, you've got upload defaults on YouTube which where you can preset all your tags and everything. So, all you got to do is basically select a file, um, punch it into, like, punch a title in and a brief description, and then just sit and wait. Um, we're on NBN up here in Queensland, so it takes probably five minutes to upload a 20 minute video with a size of about a gig and a half. Um, and then it's really not too bad, it's just a little bit time consuming. We've, we've started uploading some of our content direct to Facebook as well, um, just to get a bit more exposure. Um, So the uploading, it's not as time-consuming as it could be. Um, I I suppose if you're on bloody um, New South Wales um, internet where you've got to go out and kick the donkey up the arse so it cranks the wheel around. Well, that's um, how
0: my internet is at the moment, that's for sure. It's terrible. (laughs) I don't even have the NBN yet. They said three months ago they were doing it. I got a letter, I a couple of weeks ago, and it says between now and, like, September, October. And I was like, well, looks like it might be up to a year behind schedule. Yeah,
1: there's definitely not much, much hope for New South Wales, is there? Well, you, yeah.
0: can't <laughs>
1: the most you can't even get the internet.
0: Oh, we it's can't, we, we, we uh, can't even get the internet and we can't even get the Ruger Precision. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, or even um, a Ruger Cricket 22. <laughs> Single shot.
0: Typical New South Wales. Typical New South Wales. So my question is well, what why do you why do you think there's been all of a sudden an attack on on gun channels? Do you think it's just the negative publicity? I mean, this has been going on for a while. I was talking to you guys the other day about you know, there's even been uh, you know, air gun channels taken down. I mean, some of the channels that I've seen, people actually got so scared. I don't know, I don't know if you guys ever did it, I guess you could answer that. Some people, what they did is they went to all their videos. Some of these people got hundreds, four, five, six, seven, hundred, eight hundred thousand and subscribers and had to make every one of their videos private and unlisted they made a video saying you know basically a discussion about youtube saying what was happening and had to basically leave their videos unlisted for quite some time uh until they figured out what was going on because apparently this new youtube programming hour the rigging was just was just knocking people off and giving them strikes you know one two three strikes within you know overnight and they wake up in the morning and their channel's gone
1: yeah, they'd, um, they attacked the air gun channels straight away. God knows why, but they closed up four down in a week, just over nothing. One was an actual uh, an air rifle company that manufactured and their videos were just like factory tours and things like that and talking about the new products. But what I reckon this whole thing is, is just all based on money, advertising money. I don't think there's enough advertisers to go around for all the videos On YouTube so they have to get rid of a large chunk of people off YouTube so the advertisers will come back and their their ads can get around or circulated better so what's what's easiest thing attack firearms because we're a soft target no it's drummed into everyone's head that firearms are bad no one's going to really care if they go the majority of the lefties or then they uh, of society just won't care if the, the gun channels are gone so that's my theory. is all come down to advertising money, because you read the new the new um, guidelines. Is you can't have any links or to manufacturers, to gun shops, anyone that sells uh, gun related products, guns or gun uh, accessories. So what what we did, we had to go through every single video. It took us forever, and we had to take all our links down to all the gun shops that help us out, to all the uh, wholesalers that send us guns to review, we just had to take them all off our um, in the description because they're going. It specifically says they're going after links in the uh, in the descriptions on any gun gun uh, related uh, stores or companies. So we had to get rid of that. But you can still mention them in your videos and uh, like how we do. So you can still mention them, they said, but you can't link to a shop. And that comes down to advertising. They're seeing it as people are getting free advertising for YouTube. That's what I reckon it is because you're linking to a store. That store hasn't paid for advertising, but someone's been linked and taken over that store without paying any money.
0: That's right, and especially if YouTubers have got you know millions of subscribers, and you're recommending you know some sort of business in the in the description. I guess that can be you know big advertising for some of these companies. I guess.
2: Yeah, and that, they might look at it as well. Look, we've got people paying us to advertise them and people are advertising their competitors for free. So I mean, that's, I don't think that's as much as a direct assault on firearms as it is on um, unsolicited advertising on YouTube itself. Um, so I think that's probably got a lot to do with it as well. Looking for a big weekend? Australia's biggest sports shooting and outdoor event, the SSAA Shot Expo, is now even bigger. With hunting gear and outdoor equipment from the world's biggest names, plus demonstrations, talks and entertainment for the whole family. Over 500 products, 160 displays, one location. The SSAA Shot Expo, Rosehill Racecourse Sydney, June 23rd and 24th. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au for sponsors and the
0: full program. What can you guys do, I guess, for the future? You know, obviously different content. You know, so how do you know what content's going to be excluded because it seems they're terms of service for you know uh, videos relating to to firearms very differently in regards to you know it could even affect uh, reloading videos you know a lot of people putting you know have, have had videos up for how long guys like probably six seven eight years on reloading and reloading techniques very very benign videos nothing wrong with them not promoting violence just showing about how to, how to reload but that could be you know accessorizing firearms and building firearms technically you know because this is ammunition for a firearm
2: well, they they have um, they have actually laid out a couple of specific items um, in their terms of service that they won't allow on um, on YouTube anymore, um, and that is magazines with a capacity of thirty or more rounds. Obviously, you know those have been pretty much just about every state in Australia anyway, so that's not an issue for any of our videos. Uh, firearms that are capable of firing in full automatic mode. Um, how to Convert a firearm to full automatic. How to manufacture um, unregistered suppressors, and I believe the other one was binary triggers. For those of you that don't know what a binary trigger is, on a semi-automatic firearm, a binary trigger fires once when you squeeze the trigger, and then again when you release the trigger. So you fire two shots in quick succession. Um, and anything showing a bump stock. Um, so if you're uh, the way it's worded, and I've read it pretty thoroughly, the way it's worded, if you're just showing how to fit a stock onto a firearm, although well, it's not a bump stock, if you're showing how to mount a scope, tighten rings, um, and you're gunsmithing, and you're basically, there's a difference between the manufacture of a firearm and the assembly of a firearm. You're not manufacturing a firearm if you, say, buy a barreled action and then you buy, a, um, let's say, an MDC chassis. You're not, you're not showing the manufacture of a firearm. You're showing the assembly of a firearm. Uh, which is a completely different thing. and that that also affects the ammunition, like the reloading videos. Okay, Reloading is not ammunition manufacture. it's essentially just ammunition assembly. Um, you're just putting ammunition together. you're not you're not actually showing people how to make the propellant charge. Um, you're not showing people how to make um, the explosive part of the round, basically, you're just adding that in. Um, So what you're doing isn't actually ammunition manufacturing. As as someone who reloads quite a lot, um, I'm not manufacturing ammunition at all. I'm just assembling it. Um, So their wording is all based around manufacture. Um, So say I was going to manufacture a homemade bomb or something like that and I was mixing ammonia and a few other ingredients together to do that. Well, then, yeah, that's what they have a problem with. And I think this sort of comes back to... um, one, you shouldn't put that sort of content on anyway. You don't want to be educating people on how to make explosives. Um, and the other thing is liability for them. Because, I mean, what, what if someone goes on, what if someone builds a big-ass bomb, blows up a building, and and then in their court trial, they go, oh, I just looked on YouTube how to do it, you know? Like, it. they can blame YouTube for it, you know? So it's, I think that's part of it as well. They don't want to be seen as being liable for that type of material. So I think that's sort of more of an... Uh, Uh, legal liability off-covering measure more than anything else.
0: I know, but how does YouTube actually know that? Because they've got so many views, so many videos, it's all based on just like Facebook, you know, we've all been, we've all had bans in the sin bin on Facebook, again, because of like pretty much nothing that we said. I was, I called someone a deadbeat one time and I got banned for 30 days, like... What the hell? You can't even say that anymore. Apparently, it breaches their guidelines. But, I mean, how does YouTube actually know? Because I guess they've got an algorithm or if somebody actually reports it. But, I mean, how many people would have to be around working for actually YouTube to actually watch or, or look at this many videos to make sure it actually meets the required standard? And often people, like I said, have gotten it so quick. They get the strike so quick. Their channel just gets wiped out within, you know, within 12 hours. Well,
1: they've got uh, thousands of people. So as soon as you get a strike, you have the option to uh, fight it. So you get three strikes and you're out and after the third one your channel is closed down without any warning and if you get caught going back on YouTube ever again if they catch you um, uploading again, your channel is shut down automatically again. So basically it's all over. So that's why people after their second strike they close their channel down for three months and they just go into private or unlisted. I can't remember which one you use but no one can see it, so yeah, you can't. You're not going to ever. They, they realise there's trolls out there that just spam and spam and hound uh, all sorts of sites. It's just not gun channels. So then they go to a, an actual person will look at your video. But I guess you just have to wait in line. They get so many complaints a day. I guess you just have to wait in line. Our strike was um, was put back up within a couple of days. I think it was. Uh, so, I guess we were lucky there, but people could wait for ages because they've got thousands of people, apparently or hundreds of people, looking at these uh, videos at YouTube, and they probably get thousands of complaints a day on, on videos. So, it's just, yeah, you know, I guess you just pot luck. I guess you just got to get a good person on the day who doesn't absolutely hate you.
0: I don't know who actually goes out there though eh, and actually what sort of losers like, that don't like a video will seriously go on there I mean even I saw even ages ago different videos that I watched YouTubers that just didn't like another YouTuber reporting you know say copyright content for using you know fair use policy of some of you know to critique their video and getting those people shut down just because they didn't like what they were doing or they didn't like them actually spending time waste your time to report a video on something you don't like I mean how pathetic I don't think I've ever reported a video
2: well, if they get, um, I know Face. Uh, sorry, not Facebook. YouTube has an algorithm where if it's one person continually reporting videos, if you report so many videos that are found to have no offensive content, they basically um, they basically just mark you down as, as a troll, and they'll stop um, your reports. Won't make a serial it so anymore. pest. Yeah, well, basically, I think, uh, I think the technical term is a vexatious litigator. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, true, <laughs> true. but, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's what it is. If they, if they basically mark you as a troll because you report uh, – a because there was a lot of people attacking like Justin Bieber because people, oh, everyone fucking hates Justin Bieber, but, um, you know, just reporting his videos because they found they just didn't like Justin Bieber. <laughs> um, and I think, <laughs> sure, I'm pretty that's sure. I'm pretty sure Justin Bieber could like murder a child on YouTube now and it could get reported and reported and reported and it won't get taken down because no one takes Justin Bieber uh, complaints seriously anymore on YouTube. So I think the more you get attacked, it's actually probably a good thing because the more they've found that you've not breached the, uh, any form of community standards on, on YouTube, um, it, it's a good thing because people will just they'll stop looking at complaints made against you.
0: Yeah, I know, but it's, it's, it's not a good look, is it, really? This YouTube gun channels have been having it bad probably for for about the last year or so, somewhere around there. You know, started off with demonetization. Then it started off with, you know, removing videos. And then it was, you know, uh, banning gun channels. I mean, it's pretty, pretty unfair. I mean, like you said, I know it's a private business. They can do whatever they want. And this is why I don't like major... And organizations like this in the business I mean they're free to do as they choose, and you know it's a free market, but this is the problem you know like facebook google uh or and Google owns YouTube, they own Snapchat, what Instagram I mean they own like pretty much the major social media outlets they actually own i mean this is the internet i mean I guess the the market dictates what people want to see, but at the end of the day it's just quite disturbing when these large companies dictate what they don't want to see i mean unless it's illegal. Unless it's illegal, that should be the end of it. If it's not, if it's illegal, it goes. If it's not illegal, it stays.
1: Yes, exactly. That's why it should be. But unfortunately, as Marty said, Silicon Valley is run by lefties, and if you don't follow, if you don't follow their uh, way of thinking, you're basically the enemy to them. So yeah. they just uh, want to get rid of you.
0: I wonder if uh, YouTube YouTube could be the next MySpace. Remember MySpace back in the day? Then I mean, that was huge, wasn't it? MySpace, and then. Sort of Facebook took over, and now MySpace—I don't know—does it even exist anymore? <laughs>
2: there was quite a few of those social media platforms that sort of were flash in the pan type
1: setups, and they're all gone now. I reckon um, it'll see its day. Everything has a cycle of about ten to fifteen years, and it's um, coming to that sort of time frame for YouTube now. So I think uh, everything will have its cycle, and it's just like the building industry, housing markets, Everything goes around in cycles. I think something else will come up and uh, will be a lot better than YouTube and everyone will jump on that. They reckon Snapchat's dead now because Instagram, everyone's going to have Instagram and Facebook are losing um, uh, users on a daily basis by the thousands. They reckon Facebook could be on its way out and Instagram's going to take over Facebook. I was reading the other day. So everything has its cycle of life. So I reckon, yeah, one day YouTube may be just a. Thing
0: in the past. Who owns is Instagram? Is it Facebook or Google? I thought maybe Facebook owns Instagram. I think Facebook. I, I is think it...
1: Facebook owns Instagram yeah, because I think it right. links. It links directly to it. So that wouldn't really bother them then.
0: <laughs> this is the problem, mate. Like such a large market share. Such a large market share. You know, I, I kind of laugh if and I think the the United States has a has a provision for it that they're able to obtain assets. You know, in, in the public interest. You know what I mean? So it'd be interesting if they actually, you know, obtain those types of large tech companies and said, well, we're going to sell them off into you know twenty or thirty parts to that company. So there's no monopoly on 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 this particular you know social media aspect, like you know adding friends or Instagram with photos and stuff like that. I mean, I kind of I'd kind of lo- laugh if that happened, I guess. But
1: but what country are some of these? companies actually registered in, they might not, um, on paper, they might not be American companies. Like a lot of Australian big companies are actually registered in Ireland for a cheaper tax bracket because Ireland has one of the cheapest business taxes in the world. So most of our big companies are actually owned in Ireland. Um, So are these tech companies in America actually American um, companies on paper? So that could be a way of them getting around a lot
0: of this stuff. You know, if only there was a really good one, like a really, and I'm not sure if there is. You guys might know, like a really good, you know, gun channel, like a good gun channel uh, or, or source of looking at videos, just purely for firearms. One that would actually take off and and you know be the source of where everyone actually uploads their videos to. But like I said, YouTube's just in people's psyches. It's on TVs, it's on on your smart software, on your TV, it's on your phone, it's just, it's everywhere you look, isn't it?
2: Well, that's, that's where Full 30's got real potential. Like, I mean, they've been around for a couple of years and it's only your large major channels like your Hickok 45, um, your Forgotten Weapons, your Iraq Veteran 8888. They host all the big channels like that. But as Aaron was saying before, to have the infrastructure to be able to hold, you know, thousands of gun channels, it costs a lot of money. And, like, I mean, we are, um, we do have an account with them. Um, We're not at the point with them where we're able to upload our content, but we've been in talks with Full30. Being an Australian channel, it's hard to get the required number of subscribers to get a channel up and going with Full30. They're making a special allowance for us because they understand that the Australian audience is much smaller, um, and there's there's very little content that comes out of Australia, firearm-wise. So we have been allowed on full 30, but they're not at the point where they have the infrastructure to start handling our videos yet. Um, but we will be on there in the near future.
0: What's coming up anyway? What do you got? What's uh, What videos are you guys doing currently? You just did the uh, uh, the Riverman, the rifle review. Uh, the, yeah, that
1: comes out in about a week or so's time.
0: How did you go with that one? What did you guys think of the uh, Riverman? I uh, guess we'll go with Aaron first. What did you, or Marty, sorry, go on you first. What did you think about the uh, Riverman?
2: I thought it was all right. Um, to be honest, I didn't didn't really want to like it. I think it for the money, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't spend three and a half grand on one. I'll put it that way. Well, now I don't even have the option because they banned it. Um, but it was it was a well made rifle. It functioned really well. I, I didn't want to like it, but I did end up liking it after a few shots because it just it handled so well. It functioned well. It's just I could I wouldn't drop three and a half grand on one, but you know, I, I, I'll stop ridiculing people who did because it is actually quite a well-made rifle.
0: Yeah, I noticed too. Like, what, what was it like on ammunition? I noticed, um, you know, did, did, it, did you try different ammo in it or...?
2: Yeah, it, it fed just about everything from premium um, premium stuff to our hand load to cheap, shitty steel case stuff. It, it
1: fed every, it, it basically ate everything we fed it. Not one jam-up, not one problem all day. That that was a three hundred blackout barrel as well as a two two three. It just... Worked flawlessly. I think it was a fantastic rifle, but once again, way overpriced. I wouldn't spend any more than a thousand bucks on it. Three and a half grand or three, two, whatever they were. It's just an absolute, to me, that's price gouging. There's no way it costs that much to make a rifle. Um, and and um, when overseas, even in New Zealand, you can build yourself a good AR for 700 bucks, fully functional, semi automatic. Uh, so there's no reason why it was that sort of price. It was a. It was no. High, it's not a high-end rifle in the mean in any means, but uh, it was a fantastic rifle. Just shame that it cost so much.
0: And that's what I mean. What do you think of those? I guess we'll go back to... Martin. what do you, Well, both of you guys answered this question. We'll go to Marty first. What do you think of the, you know, straight-pull design? Do you reckon it's a, it's a good thing? Do you reckon it's a bad thing as opposed to, like, bolt action, lever action? Is it is it worth it? I mean, you guys did a, a video, a bit of a race with the Warwick Firearms. The Warwick Firearms one kept jamming, which really didn't look good for Warwick Firearms uh, in regards to that particular uh, shootout. But that's what I mean. You get these firearms, and people are worried. And it's not about it jamming. People are worried just about whether these firearms are actually reliable. we seen it with some people who have had great success with like the Adler on the lever action but notoriously this is my opinion but notoriously shotguns in the lever action configuration have just always had their hiccups always had a few issues you know what I mean and 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 people are scared to buy these sort of things because they're scared that they're going to not work they're going to jam up which is what we saw in the video you just posted just uh just yesterday
2: um well I think I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the straight pull rifle concept I don't think it's as reliable as the as a traditional bolt-action rifle and, and in reality nothing other than maybe a break open firearm is, is ever going to be as reliable as a bolt-action firearm because that entire weapon cycle is is user operated. I think the straight pull I mean it's, it's no quicker than a bolt-action I honestly don't think it's any faster um, you're still taking a hand off the firearm to operate the action. I I still think your pump action rifles and your lever action rifles are a lot faster because both hands stay on the firearm. I prefer lever actions because your steadying hand or your off hand remains on the front of the firearm and allows you to track your target while your rear hand, your firing hand works the action. You're able to keep that firearm steady. Whereas with the straight pull, firearm, you're lifting your offhand, which steadies the firearm, away from the um, firearm to cycle the action, and that, that throws your sight picture a little. So for, you know, sort of shooting uh, on the move, or if you're shooting offhand and you're not prone, I think they're, I think they're not, not the best design. But, I mean, there's certainly people that enjoy them. I mean, they're they're definitely a popular item. I mean, if you wanted to buy a Warwick a year ago, you were waiting. I, I believe they've sorted their production issues out now, but the demand far outweighed the production. I think you're waiting, you know, six to eight months for a Warwick Firearms WFA-1. They're a very popular firearm. It's just I, I don't I, – I much prefer lever actions for a hunting rifle myself and traditional bolt actions for a target rifle, but, I mean, they've, they've definitely got their fans out there. I mean, if they were crap, not so many people would buy them. So there, there is that side of it just as well. It just seems the
0: lever-action rifles aren't really having, you know, yeah, there's some lemons out there like anything, I guess. And people people probably say that in regards to straight pulls as well. But it's a relatively newish ish concept that's not going so well in regards to, you know, sometimes how they can jam and trying to work out those bugs. But, uh, Aaron, what do you think of the straight pull concept? you like it or not?
1: Yeah, I, I enjoy the uh, straight pulls over a lever action, basically because I've got a, I've had a bad wrist from a work accident years ago. So I find straight pull a bit easier to manipulate. Uh, I think they're a lot better in, uh, in a shotgun than uh, a lever action. Lever, I well, look at my Adler, it's, it's possibly the worst gun I've ever made. It's just a piece of junk. Now it's all lying in bits at the bottom of my face. It's... Um, I just find I find them a lot easier to manipulate, uh, but once again, as Marty said uh, they are not a uh, precision rifle i wouldn't you'd take a bolt action any day for accuracy over a straight pull but uh, I think they're good, but it's just a shame that it's so expensive in this country to produce uh to for the customers uh, but i I like it i, I definitely do like this straight pull uh, system. war firearms is a great firearm but we've We've had our hands on two of them now, and they both did jam up uh, on both occasions. One was a year ago when we reviewed it, and the one the other day, which we uh, played with, and they both jammed up with different sorts of ammunition, which is a bit of a shame. But I do find them a lot heavier um, than the lead reactions, which is also an issue.
0: Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories, and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices.
1: The Australian Hunting
2: Podcast is the only hunting, shooting, and fishing podcast radio show in Australia. With over 40,000 downloads per month, you are sure to find some information that can help you. If you love hunting, shooting, fishing, and a little bit of politics, the Australian Hunting Podcast has you covered. To listen, check us out
0: on iTunes and visit australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Which one's better made, do you guys think? Question for both, uh, the OAF or the Warwick? Uh, The OAF, definitely. That was
1: so well made and it never missed a beat and uh, yeah it was solid and it was uh, extremely accurate for what it was. I
2: think probably the build quality on both was was excellent um, the Warwick Firearm um, WFA1 they are a very well made firearm. Um, obviously we have we did have those few hang ups with it. I, I think that if you sat them down next to each other that's going to be as a result of probably tighter tolerances in the Warwick that would wear out over time, Um, whereas I think if you put them both on a bench, you'd probably get greater accuracy out of the Warwick. Um, But I think they're both very well-made firearms, but there's certainly more uh, components in the Warwick than there is in the Riverman. The Riverman was definitely a more simple, uh, straightforward design. It was a lot more modular than the Warwick. Uh, For instance, on on the Riverman, you can swap out components, it's very quick and easy to do a barrel change, whereas the, the Warwick, you've got to change your whole upper receiver, so it's a lot more expensive to change barrels on the Warwick. Um, however, at the same time, you can have your optic zeroed to the receiver, so whilst it's a more expensive process, it's easier to... It, it's definitely it's got a and minus. minus, but I'd say the Warwick was probably better engineered, um, but the OAF just seemed to be more... Modular, probably a little bit more reliable with the looser tolerances. Um, so they're plus and minus. If I had to pick one to own, uh, I'd, I'd probably say I'd pick the Warwick because I would have would have to have handed the Riverman in. But if you were allowed to keep both, I'd, I would have bought the Riverman.
0: And what about the uses? I guess, what would you use this Aaron? What, guess, what would you use the, what, 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 what do you use these straight? They just more of a fun muck around gun. Are they hunting gun? Are they, I guess that wouldn't be really a target gun. I mean,
1: you wouldn't use it for target shooting, for my opinion. Even though the OAF was extremely accurate, but you'd, you'd use it for hunting. You could easily take it hunting. It wasn't a heavy gun. It looks heavy, but it wasn't heavy at all. It was. Uh,
0: What's it? Is it aluminium receiver?
1: Uh, yes, it was. Yeah.
0: Because it's got that. It looks a bit funny. It's got like a, what is a red, ready, mar- maroon coloured receiver. Yeah, like, or like it was an orangey
1: be? colour. That's just to. Um, that's just for the um, to get through customs, so it doesn't look scary and black. And they put it, the uh, to, to do California. with the hunting
2: regulations. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, they, they made it orange, like a safety orange, uh, to comply with um,
1: hunting in uh, state forests and that sort of thing. And they also put the um, like the California sort of buttstock on there so it does not look so military as well. So, uh, but I think New South Wales is the first state to say no, you can't have them. So they were selling them, and you, they had them in the shops, and all of a sudden, the government came out and said no, no, you can't sell them even though they had all the uh, non-scary parts
0: on them. Yeah, how stupid is this? You can't, you know, you can have the the Warwick, for example, any Australian made straight pool, but you can't have the one that was imported. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Again, more stupid laws.
1: Yeah, that's the, I reckon that's going to be the new loophole for um, not allowing us to have certain guns. Is Oh, well, you can't um, import them, so you can't have them. We're not letting them into the country, so they're going to stop them at the border now. I think they've found, found a loophole, and I think, I think the uh, Riverman is only going to be the first gun. It's only the first gun to suffer this. I reckon there'll be more in the future.
2: I, I, um, I really think that there's um, huge potential for an Australian manufacturer to manufacture the Troy PAR under licence in Australia um, to get around the importation law because the only thing stopping a Troy PAR from coming in is its visual similarity to an AR 15? Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the Troy PAR, um, it's a modular, well, the PAR stands for pump action rifle. It basically looks very, very similar to an AR 15 in appearance, um, but it's a lightweight pump action and it's built as a pump action rifle, whereas your, um, say, your Remington 7615 and your 7600. They weren't designed as rifles from the outset. They're a Remington 870 shotgun receiver that's basically been retrofitted as a rifle. So they're not – they're okay guns, but the Troy PAR specifically was built and designed as a pump-action rifle, a lot more accurate, um, a lot better made. It's just the appearance that stops it coming in. But I think for an Australian manufacturer to get onto Troy and say, hey, we'd like to build this under license – um, someone with the with the ability and the equipment to build that would make an absolute killing on them because they are a very well made rifle um, and you can chamber them in, you know, not just um, 223 but you can chamber them in 300 blackout. You can modify it to take um, 458 SOCOM and it, that would just be an absolute pig slayer um, in 458 SOCOM. Um, it'd be a really good firearm for someone to build under license here, and I'm not sure why we're going down this straight pull rifle path when when pump action rifles are so much more practical um, to use in,
1: in
0: hunting applications.
1: Yeah, I agree totally with Marty, but the big thing it has to be priced right. None of this three thousand dollar sort of rubbish.
0: But what do you get for a thousand bucks these days? You don't get you don't get you don't even get you know, a ticker for an example. I mean, and Marty's probably going to kill me for saying this, but you can get a Howard for that price, but <laughs> <laughs> but you can't get. I mean, they're all good rifles. I'm saying, but I'm just it was a joke. But uh, you know, I mean, how do you? You don't really get much for a thousand bucks these days. I mean, especially when you start looking at under and over shotguns. And you say a thousand dollars. I mean, whoosh, you're not going to get. I mean, in my opinion, I've had sort of Turkish-made shotguns and stuff like that, and the fit and finish of the one I had, perfect. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Unfortunately, Mechanically, it was a piece of crap. I'm just going to say that mechanically, it was a side by side shotgun. You know, if you know shotguns in Australia, it's hard to get. You know, pretty much there's no limit from the low limit of price for a side by side was say eight hundred to a thousand, and it, it, the next step up's like four grand, five grand for a for a decent you know side by side. All the rest are, are quite cheap. So, fortunately, mechanically, it was crap. So you're not you're not going to get much for that thousand dollar mark.
1: Well, if I was going to spend $3,200 on a, uh, on a, say, a Warwick firearm, I'd be going to the Verney Coron for the lever release. Lot faster, lot more accurate, lot lighter. I'd be spending my money on that. And it's the, the fit and finish and the whole system is absolutely flawless, but it doesn't jam. What, I'd be going to Vernie Caron if I was going to
0: spend that sort of money. What did you, uh, Marty speaking, we'll go Marty first. What did you think of that Vernie Caron? What did you think of that design? I, I said they made a shotgun one. I mean, hopefully, I don't know, you guys might know, you've had a chat with them. Are they going to be bringing out like, at least in the shotgun, because I looked like I liked their shotgun configuration. They're going to bring up, out something in like a synthetic stock. They look really good, but again, that price is up there. What was that system like? I mean, that Vernie Caron style thumb release system.
2: That that rifle I can justify spending the three and a half grand on because the fit and finish on it was every bit as good as what you see in the higher end um, Seiko rifles um, that you're spending, you know, four or five thousand dollars on. Um, it, it was every bit as good. It was very well made. Um, the action in it was very reliable. Um, I'm just I'm not a fan of 030 um, I'd, it's I'd, I'd rather a 308. You can load 308 to run just as hot as 306. So I'm actually am waiting for the 10 shot 308 version, which they're building specifically for the Australian market. And I'll, I'll be buying a 10 shot Beretta in 308 with a 10 round magazine in a synthetic configuration as a as a um, as a scrub gun.
0: How was it like with that thumb release system? I mean, did that take your eye off target? Well made, uh, flawless. Not at all. Flawless it's, it's working. Different.
2: It's just a really quick, simple flick, and you can change it to the other side, which I would do when I buy mine. I'll be moving it from the right to the left, so that as I'm squeezing the trigger with my finger, I can just flick the release with my thumb, and it'll be a very, very fast action. Um, and that's what I'll be looking to buy. I, I think that is one rifle with the, around that three grand price tag, where you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. Uh, I, I can see that being a very, very popular rifle. I mean, even three grand though, I think it's others.
0: going to probably. You know price something you know probably price a lot of people out of the market why not make that in that you know it's not a thousand dollar gun but maybe in that two grand range
2: yeah um, again you're probably gonna you're probably gonna take a hit on the on the quality um, you, you can buy very good rifles for, for two grand like um, you know you can buy a good bolt action rifle in a synthetic stock for around two grand like you can buy a, a I, I'm, I'm going to come back to Howa because I am a really big fan of Howa rifles. I think they're excellent value for money. Like every Howa I own is a tack driver. My my last Hower cost me $1,300 in a chassis. Um, it's a heavy barrel, 22-250 in stainless bull barrel, um, and I slapped a thousand dollars worth of scope on top of it. So for $2,300, I've got a night vision. Uh, I've got a, a very accurate rifle with a night vision scope on it in a chassis. Uh, which I think is very good value for money. Um, you know so you, you don't have to spend a shitload of money um, there's, there's packages out there and this is one video we will be doing uh, coming up um, buying a hunting rifle out of the box off the shelf um, for a thousand dollars with glass to get you going uh, for under a thousand dollars. So we'll be looking at rifles like the Remington 783, um, the new Franchi, or Frankie however you want to pronounce that. We'll probably throw, um, you know, like uh, we'll probably throw a low-end howler in on top of that as well, um, and, and we'll compare a few of those low-end rifles like the Savage Axis and just see what they'll do. Um, obviously, you're not going to get um, a super great finish if you're looking at things like throwing a bore scope down the barrel. Then, you know, none of those rifles are going to have lapped barrels. You're going to find little tiny nicks and burrs. But for a hunting rifle where most of your shots are going to be hundred meters or less. If you're only spending a thousand bucks, you're going to get a product that's going to do the job. Um, It's when you're spending the extra money. Like if we go right up to the other end of the scale, where Aaron and I had a look at the um, the Ribby Big Game Hunter. I mean, that's a twenty-two thousand dollar rifle. I I couldn't justify spending twenty-two grand on a rifle, but I guarantee you, in 200 years' time, that $22,000 rifle is going to have passed down through generations of the same family, and it's going to still be getting used. And uh, I, I couldn't say the same thing about a Savage Access or a Remington 783, and that's where the extra money is in those high-quality rifles. You're, you're buying something you can pass down.
1: You, with the um, Verne Caron, you are getting a $3,000 rifle for $3,000. You're not not like the War of Firearms. You're getting... A thousand dollar rifle for three thousand dollars, but it's funny you should mention the twelve gauge Bernie Cron because it's actually this week they're going to their final court case to to fight to have the twelve gauge version uh, imported into Australia because they've actually they allowed the the rifle version through, but as soon as they say twelve gauge, oh no no, we've got to ban that, we've got to ban that. Port Arthur, Port Arthur, we've got to ban it. So uh, the he, thing, even, he fighting didn't even use a, in a shotgun a, in, in Port Arthur anyway.
0: He didn't even use a shotgun in Port Arthur anyway.
1: Yeah, I think he had a pump action that went missing several years earlier, and it showed up at at um at his house. Yeah, he did have one. They found one in the boot of his car, but I, I couldn't
2: tell you what model it was. But I do remember him being in possession of a twelve. But I think that comes off the back of the furor around the uh the Adler and the whole bullshit um, Adler ban. I think it comes off the back of that. They're just now targeting twelve gauge shotguns. But oh, we can't have anything coming in that's um you know quote unquote uh, high capacity new technology, rapid fire. Um
1: so they've just sort of flagged rapid it. Rapid fire,
0: it the going. new the new slogan rapid fire. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. They, they went through they are going on and banging on about uh, how they can turn you know, people can just turn that into a semi auto. But the police and everything have gone through it and they can't turn it into a semi auto. But that's what the that's the route they started to go down. And then finally they got their hands on one and That the police and customs or whoever does it could not turn it into a semi auto. So that that theory fell flat on its face with the rifles. That's why they had to send, they allowed the rifles in because it was just uh, nothing to do with the semi and it can't be turned into a semi.
0: I wonder if they'll have any success with the 12 gauge shotgun getting it in.
1: I think it's the 18th, uh, the final court case of this month. Uh, In April, it goes through. So it's their final court case. So they'll get the yes or no uh, this week.
0: I guess it's exciting, you know, Yeah, you know, this new technology, new equipment coming out, you know, new manufacturers, new scope manufacturers, all this different stuff's coming out. I guess it's a good to I wish we could have the the other good stuff like, you know, what New Zealand can have, but I guess there's always something new coming out, something to review, something to shoot. What do you guys got next coming out? Anything exciting over the next couple of months? Or? Well,
2: we've, we've definitely got a few uh, interesting um, things coming up where, We're having a look at not just doing our standard format reviews, um, where we just take a gun out and use it. We're we're probably going to have a look at answering a few questions that people have and responding directly to that. Like, oh, what's the like I just discussed earlier, what's what's the cheapest hunting rifle I can get into and is it worth the money? That that'll be one that we'll do. We'll compare a few very cheap rifles side by side. Um, I'm in the process of just getting all the pieces together, and we'll be filming a four-part series on building a precision rifle on a budget. So I'm going to take a, a, a again a howler. I'm uh, going to take a heavy-barreled 300 Win Mag, slap it in a chassis, and see how it compares to a um, you know an eleven and a half thousand dollar Ritter and Stark in the in the same caliber. Um, we, we've also got some new guns that are coming into Australia that we'll have an exclusive first look at. Um, those being, we will be first off the rank with, um, the new Benica on shotgun. If it makes it through, we'll have one in our hands the very next day. Um, we'll have, um, we've got a few new firearms coming in from a few different manufacturers. Uh, we've got a new, a new shotgun, uh, coming in the next couple of weeks. So we have, we have definitely got a, a lot of, uh, new stuff on the horizon. I think we're booked solid for about the next six months with reviews.
1: So we've also got, um, a few of our, our fans who have got really nice custom rifles, like modified custom rifles, quite a few of that coming up. We both really enjoy those sort of guns, how people take the guns and modify them and trick them up a bit. So we've got like, real precision rifles. We've got um, uh, a U.S. Marine uh, sniper rifle coming. Uh, it's one of the only ones in the country. So we've got that coming to a viewer. He'd spent years building this up to exact specs of the same thing. It's something years to find to get the parts from the US to bring them in, the original parts. And we just got uh, just a lot of guns like that. We actually got uh, some modified Warrant firearms coming that people have actually milled down and modified them to make them lighter and work better and smoother, which will be really interesting to see. Uh, We've seen the photos of them, they look fantastic. Also got um, a straight pull M4 carbine coming, uh, one off build that's made here in Australia that looks just like an M4. Totally legal up here in Queensland. Um, so we've got a few interesting custom builds coming as well. But as Marty said, we just we've got it's got that much. We just don't know what to review um, next. We've got so much coming
0: in. Yeah, I mean it's always good, isn't it, when you you know you guess you're developing relationships with these people. I mean you've got uh, just you know the average shooter as well, which is great. You know that have got these types of firearms and get in contact and say, hey, listen, you know I've got this. So wouldn't you know? Do you guys want to look at it? You know, I guess there's either not many around or it's it's tricked up, it's got this, it's got that, a lot of these things you don't really see sometimes. And I guess that comes in handy, eh? You know, working with, uh, you know, importers or, yeah, building relationships in that area well world is also good, Marty, you reckon?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've got pretty good relationships now with a number of um, firearm importers and wholesalers, um, which is great because, it, you know, we can't afford to go out and buy um, a lot of these guns to, to bring in. Like, if we had to purchase every gun, we'd we'd have... A couple of videos out there, but I've, I've just done a count on how many, um, we've reviewed over 70 firearms in the time that we've been going. Um, I've just had a look at the amount of videos we've got online now, and um, you know we wouldn't be able to afford these. So it's only through the generosity of um, wholesalers and importers and some firearm stores and people who have lent us uh, firearms from their own personal collections that were able to showcase them to people. And, and that's, that's what we're all about, is is showing people what's out there, because Um, It's it's, YouTube, it's easy to jump on and see all these awesome ARs and AKs and FALs and SKSs and, um, you know, HK, 416s and 417s that you can buy overseas. Um, But there's there's not that much content for Category AB firearms that we have here. So it's great to be able to get them out and show people and just show what they're capable of and give them sort of, we try not to go too in depth and super technical with the reviews. We just like to show what you, what the rifle can do in the hands of an average shooter. Um, both Aaron and I are very average shooters, um, so it's, it's good just to be able to <laughs> get a, be- <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who's a better shooter? Who's who's a better shooter? Who's going to claim the shooting uh, the shooting title? I'll,
2: I'll, I'll claim
1: I'm the better shooter than Aaron, and That's I'll claim my, I'm the better. <laughs> yeah, I just got um I just got um, diagnosed with cataracts in my eyes, so <laughs> which is which is and it's my shooting eye too. So and they won't and they won't do the operation on me because I'm too young. Uh, Let feel it, but um,
0: he's got khaki eyes. He's got khaki. Yeah. eyes. Aaron, but, uh,
1: Aaron, but um, in, in my defence, just wait to the end of the week <laughs> and watch the OAS uh, review, and you'll see who's the best shooter there. I think my group, <laughs> my group came out a lot better.
0: What? Did Spoiler my, alert! Did you? Did you have a bad day, Marty? Did you?
1: Well, two, no, two, at, two, at, two flyers.
2: At, I, I see one flyer as a flyer. Aaron sees two flyers. And two flyers as a group, but Aaron just called it two flyers. So <laughs> yeah. if you took Aaron two flyers out of his group, he ended up with a, with a sub minute of angle group. But if you put the two flyers in and made
1: it the actual it's group, like it's an like an eight inch group at 100. <laughs> in, my, in, in, my defense, in my defense, when I look for a crosshairs, no matter I, mean, I adjust I see two crosshairs. So I got. Um, out of a five ground group, I got three touching in the ball's eyes, And then just to the side, I got two uh, almost touching So two different crosshairs, two different groups It's that simple
0: Hang on, should you be should you be driving a vehicle or what? Should you be driving a vehicle up there? But I guess they let people do anything in Queensland
1: They don't do this eye so surgery The lady told me, um, until you're unfit to even drive a vehicle That could be 20, 30 years It's just ridiculous <laughs>
0: Oh, man, that's hilarious. (laughs) Uh,
1: If you see two crosshairs, you get two groups. It's that simple end of story. Jesus. I guess if you're out
0: deer hunting, you probably see two deer as well and go, I saw two deer, but it was only one. (laughs) I've
2: I've seen Aaron go deer hunting.
1: (laughs) When When you go deer hunting, you just take a thumb action and you just dump mag after mag in the general direction,
0: and you're bound to get it. <laughs> hey, I spent five, five, <laughs> five years of my time trying to get one. Uh, if only that worked, I would have had about 10 on the ground by now. Are you,
1: allow, are you allowed to pump the down in New South Wales, though? That's the
0: question. Mate, I, think, I think we're allowed Remington 76 15s, I'm pretty sure. not 95-99% sure. You're just not allowed to put them in a chassis or make them look scary. That's something. what I mean. We can't do anything <laughs> down here. I mean, hopefully that's a law around the country that our organisations you know should be... Should be really moving forward on and trying to say, listen, if you can't, you know, we're not saying dump every semi-autos in everyone's hands tomorrow, but what we are saying, get some small wins. I mean, we've been speaking about this before on a number of occasions that, you know, it's been 20 years. It's been 20 years. and It's not hacking on any organisation or political party, but it's the the, the days of, you know, uh, of not getting any results have to be over. You know, we've got to start achieving something because if we don't in the next, say, five or ten years, you know, it'll be, what, 30 years since Port Arthur coming up in, say, the next ten years. Uh pretty much give up after that if we haven't achieved some decent results you know and using our money. You know and m- money from organizations to to get That's probably to get some a results the
2: podcast right there
0: because you guys did a you did a talk on the confiscation i did a, I did a video on registration you guys did a ch- a chat and discussion on the you know the banning of the rivermen and it seems to me this this information is popular because I know you guys got a lot of views on it as well you know it's just people are really thinking about this stuff and just had enough and
1: okay well, two things really have to change in Australia pretty much straight away one is registration the registration will always lead to confiscation. I believe it's no one else's business what is inside my house, what I own, uh, why I own it. It's no one's business. It's my property. I've legally obtained it. I work hard. I can afford it. So that's the end of the story of that one. And the second is self-defence. Everyone in this country, every citizen deserves a right to self-preservation. We deserve the right to defend ourselves and not be scared to use a firearm because what other country uh, is the victim become a criminal just for defending his family and his children, it's just ridiculous. Those two things have to change immediately. You watch. You as soon as you bring in self defence laws, uh, home invasions. As soon as the first few criminals get popped off, home invasions will just drop. Because I don't know if there's going to be a little old granny sitting behind the door with a 12 gauge shotgun. As soon as they walk in and threaten her, she can blow them away. Crime will just plummet as soon as, as soon as they realise. Soft targets aren't soft
0: targets anymore. All right. What about to finish off? Anything exciting? What can you, what can you? you? What What do you want to say to finish off, I guess?
1: Stay tuned. Uh, subscribe to
2: Shooting Stuff Australia. Uh, if you want to see some cool content, uh, come over to our page and check it out. Um, we are about light-hearted entertainment. We will have some cool content coming this year. Um, and uh, YouTube can eat a dick.
1: <laughs> if, we get yeah.
2: down on, if we get shut down on YouTube, we'll be on other platforms, so...
1: Keep watching. Yeah, head over to as dailymotionaswell.com and, and uh, sign up with them and um, and you know, click the follow button on our page here because every video would be uploaded to there as well. Also, we're on Patreon, which is a big help to our Patreon members. If anyone can help us out supporting us on Patreon just to help us pay for the ammo, which is the biggest cost, would be greatly appreciated. Of course, we're on Facebook as well and we're also on Instagram. So... Then we've got 500 followers on Instagram, so we're just getting into that. We're not the biggest. We don't really know how to use it too well, like some of these young young whippersnippers do. But we, um, yeah. So we're trying to spread ourselves over more more formats. So yeah, get on and subscribe, and definitely subscribe on YouTube as well for us. It helps a lot.
0: Very good. All right, Aaron and Marty from Shooting Stuff Australia, join me here on the Australian Hunting Podcast, talk about YouTube and all things about making videos on YouTube. Guys, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it as usual. Thanks for a lot. All right, thank
1: for you. having us. Thanks a lot.
0: You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.